Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Peter Cohen from iMore.com. We'll also hear from Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. Lots more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> we have Peter Cohen joining us. And as you know, when Peter Cohen joins us on the Tech Night Out Live, he's very outspoken. He doesn't hold back. Did I say he doesn't hold back? He'll tell you what he thinks. Not. Yes. Therefore, we're going to ask him hear about what I perceive to be a little disconnect, a couple of disconnects between what Apple did at the Worldwide Developers Conference last week, and we talked about it with a couple of our guests last week, and how some segments of the media perceive it. And it's a little bit strange. Like, there's a guy out there who does a super site for Windows, and he has what is dubbed a complete report, Mac OS X Yosemite, and I'm not going to get into that name again because that was the last name I wanted Apple to use, and iOS 8. And, Peter, I know that you haven't spent a lot of time looking over this thing, but I get the impression from reading it, you must certainly think the same, is that he describes some of the key features and then says, with regard to OS X Yosemite, the built-in apps got various small updates, nothing worth obsessing over. Now, I don't know about you, but I think they did a lot of stuff in mail, such as markup, which is more than small stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he overlooked some really obvious stuff. You know, he gave Spotlight, uh, for example, in, in Yosemite a paragraph and said that it's a bigger, more obvious search type and nice results window. Yeah, well, Spotlight is a lot more than that in Yosemite. So, uh, you know, his, uh, his complete report is superficial at best, I think. So we can call it the complete superficial report. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in fairness, uh, his site is super site for Windows. It's not super site for OS X and iOS 8. And it's not super site for technology. No. So anything he does will be viewed in the eyes of a Windows fan who is looking at the competition and maybe forced grudgingly to admit that some of the features offered by the competition are better than Windows, unless he has a chance to bash them. Right, exactly. And, you know, exactly. Applying the screws to it wherever he can. Well, this was in Windows first, too. Okay, great. Super. But also, you can't just look at the parts. You have to look at the sum of the parts. How does the user interface feel? How does it feel to use this operating system day in and day out? In that regard, I think the public has said that Windows 8 and 8.1 are failures. Well, yeah, there's no question that, uh, uh, you know, uptick of, of Windows 8 and 8.1 has been slower than uh, Microsoft would have liked. So from that perspective, yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, I mean, uh, all right, so the, the installed base of Windows users is gigantic, and trying to get that machine moving in a single direction is pretty much impossible. I'll, I'll admit that readily. But, you know, when, when you take a look at what Apple is doing with Yosemite and iOS 8 compared to what Microsoft is doing with its Metro interface um, and Windows 8, Windows uh, Phone, and uh, the Surface tablet – uh, th there is a stark contrast in um, in the uh, philosophy with which both of these companies executes um, these uh, these concepts that I, I don't think that you can uh, you can underscore enough. There's really a big difference, you know. In, in Microsoft's case, 
they're taking a singular interface, this Metro user interface that they originally developed developed for Windows Phone and have gradually moved across their entire product line and said, you know, one size fits all. This interface will work regardless of whether you're using a Windows PC or whether you're using a phone or whether you're using a tablet. And people are finding out that that's just not the case, you know, that that uh, there's been a lot of pushback against Microsoft for, for trying to employ that, that Metro UI um, on Windows PCs. Many Windows users don't like it. Apple is saying, you know, each device is unique. Let's, let's revel in the unique uh, user experience that each of our devices offers, but let's create a unified structure. Uh, through which they operate to reduce the pain points as much as possible for people. So when I have information on my iPad that I want to use on my Mac, let's develop a technology that makes it very easy for me to migrate from one to the other. So if I start an email on my iPad, I can just go to my Mac and pick up working. That's what handoff in iOS 8 and Yosemite is. Um, it, when I'm working on files on the computer and I want to be able to work on them from my phone or my iPad, uh, let's make it as easy as possible for me to do that. That's what iCloud Drive is all about. The differences between the two companies' philosophies and how their products work is just a stark contrast. Well, if I had a Windows phone device and then I buy a new PC and it has Windows 8.1, how well do they integrate? I can't do a handoff. I can't start an email on Windows Phone and finish it on my PC. Exactly. You know, it's a lot more difficult. So, um, yeah. You see, that's the issue, and that's what Microsoft doesn't understand. The other thing is, which is typified by the Surface 3, they seem to still believe in the convertible PC notebook. And this is a concept that goes back for years, where you have... One notebook, you give it a touchscreen, and therefore that's the perfect tablet and the perfect notebook, as opposed to being imperfect representations of each. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's the, uh, what's the expression, jack of all trades, master of none? And that's very obvious with the Surface 3. And at the end of the day, they're trying to make that thing compete with the MacBook Air, but since you need a keyboard and it's optional... On the Surface 3, when you add everything together, the MacBook Air costs less. So yeah. now you have the Microsoft Surface premium price. Yeah, exactly, which is an ironic situation for Microsoft to be in after all the years of Apple um, uh, you know, taking slings and arrows from uh, analysts in the industry for being the expensive one. You know, I still have yet to see a Windows PC that matches the Mac Pro's performance uh, spec for spec and uh, doesn't cost an astronomically amount more. That's an interesting situation, but that hasn't been anything new. For years with the Mac Pro, you looked at a Dell or an HP workstation, and they're well-built products, especially HP. HP is a solid rock of a product. But you try to configure it like a Mac Pro, even the older versions, and the Dell and the HP would be more expensive. And that's more so when you compare the Mac Pro, the new Mac Pro, with any of the current workstations, or even if you build it yourself, which shocks some people, where they tried to build them themselves because some of those components are not available yet in the regular PC workstations, the completely assembled models. You assemble it yourself, you're still paying thousands more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you've got a situation where Apple has sort of 
been unfairly targeted as overly expensive. But when you actually compare what you get, and the, you know this is true in the laptop market, as you were saying with the MacBook Air, when you actually compare what you get in terms of uh, not just the hardware, but in terms of the software that's included, and you know subtracting the uh, inconvenience and problems that you you get with all the crapware that's loaded on these things, inevitably Apple products are a better value than. Uh, their Windows counterparts. Uh, you can get a cheap Windows PC, and for some people, that's fine. You know, they only want to spend three or four hundred bucks on a laptop, and they're happy with what they get. But comparing apples to apples, if you'll pardon the pun, um, Apple's value usually comes out in the end. You see, a lot of the comparison is number one, hardware for hardware, not because the PC notebook has a 12-inch screen and Apple has what 11 and 13-inch, whatever the size screen is. It's not just the size. It is the quality of the display, the resolution, the quality of the graphic chips. There's a lot going into the sum of the parts there. And then Apple has an incredible software bundle made more incredible by using iWork. Now, what Microsoft's doing, have you seen their TV ads for the Surface? I have, yes. Okay, we'll go into that in a moment. Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields 
is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. Americans have always been ready to defend, to serve, and to honor those who defended and are defending all of us. So this month, the freeze-dry guy honors and serves Americans with our meat, rice, and potato sale. Our unit includes four number 10 cans of quality Mountain House cooked diced beef, ground beef, diced chicken, white rice, and two cans of FDG dehydrated diced potatoes. 158 servings per case unit. And during the freeze-dry guy's meat, rice, and potato sale, get one case for only one 79, two cases for only $3.55, or get three cases for only $5.15, and all come with lots of valuable freebies. For details, click freezedryguy.com and hurry. Sale ends soon. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD. Plus, free shipping to the lower 48 states from the Freeze Dry Guy. The finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We're on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Peter Cohen joining us. He's with iMore, iMore.com. Great tech site. I'm looking over it right now, and there's some questions I'm going to ask. So he's going to have to make sure he covered all the things that his staff over there did. Anyway, let's get back to these TV ads. And I'm still seeing the same TV ads where they just do dumb things, like they extol the fact that you've got Skype on Surface. Well, yeah, you can get Skype on a Mac, you can get Skype on Android, you can get Skype on an iPhone. So what's so good about that? Well, I think that uh, it's it's a clever piece of marketing on Microsoft's uh, side because it plays on the ignorance of the average consumer. Uh, you know, I have two jobs. I, I work for iMore, and I also, um, uh, for uh, on the weekends, I work at a local Apple uh, retailer, one of the uh, uh, few remaining uh, independent uh, Apple resellers, the, what's called in the trade an Apple Authorized Service Provider, or AASP. All the time, I get customers who come in who are interested in a Mac or interested in an iPad, and they're like, well, you can't get Microsoft for that. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't get Microsoft for it? Well, uh, if I need to run Word on on it or I need to run Excel, I can't do that, can I? And you know, you and I both know as longtime uh, Mac users, Gene, that of course you can get Office uh, for, for the Mac. You've always been able to get Office for the Mac. In fact, Microsoft Excel was developed for the Macintosh originally. It was a Mac-first product. Same um, was true for Word. And the same was true for Word as well. And 
we know this because this is the world that we live in. But these people, I, I, I sometimes call them muggles, you know, jokingly referring to the Harry Potter term for non-magic users, don't get it. They don't live in the same world that we do. And um, they assume it's a Microsoft product that doesn't work with Apple. Uh, so, you know, Microsoft uh, uh, telling its users that you can run Skype on a Surface product is no different because um, or Skype is a Microsoft product after all. So it behooves them um, to, to pimp it out as much as they can to people who might be interested in their products. And when we get back to even Office, Office for the iPad, a pure, quite well-designed touch version of Office. It's going to be 2015 before there is a pure touch version of Office for Windows 8.1. Interesting. Well, you know, Microsoft, uh, it's, it, it's a big machine to, uh, uh, to, to, to get a product like Office moving in the direction of uh, a new platform. But you would think that this would be going on behind the scenes at Microsoft for a while, and I'm sure that it has. But everything that I've ever read about Microsoft suggests that maybe up until Satya Nadella uh, and Microsoft's new CEO took over – Interdepartmental cooperation was perhaps not one of Microsoft's strongest suits. Even then, he was smart enough to greenlight the release of Office for the iPad. In the first month, there were 27 million downloads. I don't know how many people actually subscribe to the Office 365 program. Possibly a lot of those users already subscribed because you need that in order to not just open the documents, but to edit them or to create new documents. Just for reading, it's free. Now, we understand that. We understand Microsoft has a right to charge for the products they sell. That's their, of course, that's their revenue. It's a large part of their revenue because they're certainly not making it from selling Surface tablets, and we wonder how much they'll make from selling Nokia handsets. So what they did was very smart. And, but it also shows that the Apple iOS developer environment, and that's before they came out with Swift, the new programming language, was obviously superior because they could make Office work there fine, and it took them that much longer, is taking them that much longer to develop this for their own platform. Yeah, I think it says something uh, about uh, uh, about that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fond of saying that the proof of the pudding is in the eating. I'm not really concerned with how long it takes for a truly native version, uh, touch version of, uh, of, of Office to come down the pike. Uh, for Surface products. I'm really not. I'm going to be very interested to see what that product looks like in the end because uh, it'll surely be different from what uh, iPad users, for example, are able to do right now. Well, also, we have to see how iOS 8 impacts the user experience. We only now know about the features, but we're not looking at the sum of the parts because the only version out there is the one developers have. And I'm going to ask you, have you heard any more about the rumored possibility that ultimately with iOS 8, either we'll see this later in the development cycle or with an 8.1, there will be this side-by-side multitasking for iPad. There's no indication that there that it's there yet, although some of the rumor sites that I've read suggest that the underpinnings in iOS 8 are there to make it happen. It certainly wasn't a tentpole feature that Apple uh, chose to uh, show off during WWDC last week. 
but um, it, it would be very interesting to me if it were because that's been one of my longstanding problems with trying to develop any sort of iOS workflow. Trying to copy content from one screen to another, one application to another, is excruciatingly difficult. And it's something that I just take for granted on the Mac and do all day long. So um, trying to shift gears like that on iOS makes it much more difficult for me to get my work done. And as a result, I don't use iOS uh, perhaps as productively as, uh, as I do uh, OS X. And certainly with Office available there, that's an ideal environment. So you kind of think Apple would be doing it. But listen, the way they've got multitasking done in Windows 8 is pretty screwy. It's not as open-ended as, say, Windows 7. So we can see there that Apple doesn't have a high mountain to climb. But it would be nice to see if they do make it work. The important thing, I think, also is, and we don't know what's happening inside of Apple. We only have the rumors that Apple clearly doesn't want to show something unless they could make it work. It has to work fairly fluidly. Apple doesn't like failures of demonstrations because if you look at the WWDC, even if you didn't see it live, you could download or watch the video from Apple. You'll see every demonstration, every single feature worked perfectly, even though we know that all these operating systems are several months from release. That's exactly correct, yes. So it could be, as we said, maybe they do have the feature under development, but maybe it wasn't perfected enough for a demonstration. Maybe they want to surprise and amaze us. Or maybe it's something that's not going to be an iOS 8 at all, but something that might be offered further down the road. We don't know. We only know for a fact what Apple has chosen to show us, and Apple hasn't chosen to show us that, that functionality at this time. Now, ahead of the WWDC, what we heard was the new interface of OS X, and then in the last few days, the marketing name Yosemite came to the fore. I still think of the Looney Tunes cartoon character. I cannot get that out of my mind. But, well, okay, Yosemite is a huge place, so therefore we understand why Apple did it. The new interface, we know about that. We heard about the health kit and maybe some kind of home integration. But we didn't hear too much else. So a lot of the other stuff came out of left field. We didn't expect it. It wasn't anticipated which is good because we all had a chance to be surprised. This is especially true about Swift, the new developer language that's already available to developers for iOS and OS X. But that raises another complaint by the skeptics, which I'll ask Peter Cohen of in the next segment, which is why isn't Apple sharing more of its stuff with other platforms? Peter Cohen is with iMore, and he also can sell you a new Mac if you catch him at the store on the weekends. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First 
came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Question, could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, I'm Gene Steinberg with Peter Cohen of iMore. And what's the name of the dealer you work at? 
Uh, they're called iCape Solutions. They're here on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Oh, just visit Cape Cod. That's right. Yeah, perfect time to do it, too. It's beautiful, folks. Well, if I want to make a 2,600-mile trip, or is it 3,000 miles? I don't know. From Arizona to Cape Cod. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll beam over. How's there that? There we go. Okay. So there was a criticism here that Apple should be sharing more of the iOS 8 and OS 10 features, such as, for example, iCloud Drive. Now, I guess people seem to forget that Apple is here to sell hardware and that every other product they have exists to serve the hardware, to enhance the hardware, to make it better integrated. So there have to be strategic reasons for Apple to open up anything for another platform. Like, for example, there's iTunes for Windows for obvious reasons, and for other obvious reasons, iCloud for Windows, and you can also configure your airport Wi-Fi base station on Windows, but not on Android. Correct, yes. Uh, Apple does have now a software entry into the Android market uh, thanks to its acquisition of, uh, of, of Beats um, because Beats Music runs on Android. But uh, um, there, there is very little question that Apple's uh, software business largely exists to support its hardware business, although it's changed over the years. It's interesting. You know, at one time, it was very easy to say, okay, you know, Apple services like iTunes – uh, exists solely to support the, the sale of its new hardware. But over time, uh, we've seen that revenue number grow incrementally until it's some multi-billion dollar number. Uh, Apple actually makes quite a bit of money through software services, which has led, uh, I think, legitimately uh, to some um, analysts and, and some pundits to, to ask, you know, why Apple isn't trying to do more with that. I, I think that Ultimately, Apple is always going to see its software services as something to serve its hardware business, which does make up the bulk of its revenue. Uh, but, um, the, you know, the case can be made that maybe Apple should be doing more there. And we'll see, actually, um, how this integration exists with Beats, um, whether or not Apple uh, changes its tunes at a tune at all, if it sees – no pun intended, pardon me um, – see if it uh, – you know, Beats has a significant impact on the Android marketplace. I think one of the arguments that the pundits might make is that, look, Google makes its products available for iOS and OS X, and Microsoft does as well. But we understand here that Google makes most of the revenue from targeted ads. So any platform under which they can serve those ads is a profit center. Microsoft can sell you an Xbox, but not too many other pieces of hardware from Microsoft are making much money, so it's software and services. So if they provide software for a price on another platform, that's a revenue center for them. In fact, these days it seems that Apple and Microsoft are working more closely together, such as the fact that, for example, in Spotlight you've got Bing search, but you see Google kind of being set aside a little bit. Yes, indeed. It was very interesting to me to note that uh, Bing got lots of love during the WWDC keynote and less and less from Google. There's no question that Apple and Google have been adversarial for some time uh, between lawsuits and, um, uh, you know, it, 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 Steve Jobs' uh, legendary anger over the release of the Android operating system the same time that Apple was introducing the iPhone. Um, and his uh, uh, thermonuclear war comment you know there 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 is definitely a a uh, um a disparity between the companies a rift that's uh that's growing not shrinking 
And that's not good for Google. Google earns a ton of money from Apple's platforms. And I don't think that Google is going to be disappearing from Apple's platforms anytime in the future, but that doesn't mean that Apple has to give Google a second more uh, hang time during a major event um, than it has to. And Apple has even added another search engine, DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo, that's right. DuckDuckGo is uh, not tremendously popular right now, but is becoming sort of an underground phenomenon because DuckDuckGo um, goes to great lengths not to uh, record any information about you. So um, your online footprint using DuckDuckGo is much smaller than it is using Google or Bing or Yahoo. And right now, even ahead of that, you can add a DuckDuckGo extension to Safari, for example, on the Mac. So if mm-hmm. you want to try it out, you can. I'm not nuts about it. It's got like a single infinite page in the search results. And mm-hmm. it's like you go through the page and it never seems to end. I don't like that. I know some people do where each the page just keeps refreshing and suddenly a single page is, you know, 100 pages long because it keeps refreshing and more and more content appears there. It's kind of like the Huffington Post does that, I think. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I hate that. Yeah, I do too. Okay, so maybe DuckDuckGo will use this to gain more traction. But you see, that means with another choice of search engines, Google suddenly has to play in a bigger field. Also, in Safari, you'll be able to bring up spotlight searches. Yes, in Safari, you'll be able to bring up spotlight searches, or uh, I guess more uh, specifically in Spotlight, you'll be able to bring up Safari searches. Uh, you know, it's Spotlight and Mavericks um, is mainly a tool for helping you find uh, the files on your drive that you're looking for. It can find file names, it can find file contents, but it can also link out to the web or to Wikipedia uh, specifically if you're looking for stuff that doesn't come up on your own hard drive. Clicking on it will open up Safari and will automatically drop in that search term. Um, And it makes it uh, a little bit easier for you to just go to one place and search for stuff. Spotlight in Yosemite is uh, something else entirely. It's become a general search tool, very sophisticated. Um, It can do Wikipedia searches. It can search the web uh, for content. There's a Bing integration coming in in Spotlight in Yosemite, for example. It can also link to maps. So you can enter an address that's near you, and it will give you directions to it. Or um, movie show times. complete with links to trailers and so on. So uh, Apple's trying to make Spotlight much more integrated into the search experience than they ever have before. Now, I noticed that Maps was barely mentioned at the WWDC, in contrast to the previous year where it was mentioned quite a bit and it was a mess. But people were anticipating some more changes with Maps this year, such as embedding transit directions, things like that. So what happened? Your guess is as good as mine. I've... uh, uh, I pay very little uh, attention to the rumor mill on these sorts of things. All I can tell you for sure is that uh, Maps as a function was mentioned a few times, but uh, nothing new in Maps was exposed as a major feature. So at this point, it's just something to take for granted. On the other hand, we forget that all the hustle bustle, all the complaints about Maps were confined to a small number of people. As it got better, most people who use iPhones and iPads, and they want to do navigation, they're going to use Maps. So it gets an incredible amount of traffic, an incredible amount of use. Indeed. And, you know, that's uh, that's that's not to say that um, 
Maps isn't getting any improvements at all in iOS 8 or um, Yosemite. It's just uh, you know not specifically a, a major focus of uh, of attention for Apple right now. As I said, it's something that Apple hasn't made a big deal of. But again, most people out there are not listening to this radio show, which is very unfortunate. Most people out there are not reading what Peter writes, what I write. With They're not reading Macworld magazine or MacLife. You know, their circulations are in the hundreds of thousands, not the tens of millions. We'd prefer it to be otherwise, but that's how the world works. So they're not acquainted with all this stuff. So you take a person who might be using an iPhone or an iPad and say, do you remember AntennaGate? What? What yeah, about MapGate? They have Mapgate? no idea what you're talking about. Absolutely. No, they think I'm crazy. They'll say, no, I heard of Watergate. I've heard of Benghazi and whatever, whatever the controversy of the day is, but I haven't heard of MapGate. And, you know, I haven't heard of any of this stuff. What's this all about? And that's the point. The point is here is that we live in a bit of a bubble here. And the things we talk about, sometimes, a lot of times, regular people may not care about so much. We've got Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. There's a guy named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and a naturopathic physician, Doc asks, why is this country spending more money on health care by far and ranking 50th in health and longevity worldwide? Doc believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attaining optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic pharmaceutical drugs that lead to side effects that require more expensive and toxic pharmaceutical drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health and healthcare system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about healthcare, and I've joined forces with him to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit BrightSideBend.com and listen to Doc Wallach's Deadly Recipe Lectures. It makes a lot of sense, and I invite you to join our Brightside Ben team. Go to brightsideben.com. That's www.brightsideben.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Out Live, we continue with Peter Cohen, who sells you a brand new Mac if you go to Cape Cod. And that would be an interesting <laughs> thing to do. By the way, they should send me a check for this. I'm kidding. Where you go there on the weekend, Cape Cod, and it's beautiful this time of year. I used to live in New England. So you get to the, the summers are great and the fall is extraordinary before the winter weather sets in. So it's great. So you want to buy a new Mac or you want to get a new iPod or something or an iPad or an iPhone. or You sell iPhones too? We do not. Okay, so you can't buy an iPhone, but you can buy an iPad, I guess. You want to buy the new hardware from Apple, visit Peter. Anyway, they'll be getting the bill later. He also hangs out at iMore. Now, we've been talking about the Worldwide Developers Conference and the fact that right now, a week and a half later, we're still talking about it because Apple had so many new features. And some say that this is the year where Tim Cook really came into his own as Apple's CEO because they've moved past the initiatives from Steve Jobs, and he's had more time to move the company in different directions. And that's why this was such a huge presentation. Yep. You know, it was it was two hours. It was solidly packed. And what was interesting about it was that although there was some consumer-facing information at the event, because there always is because it's you know publicly available content, um, this was squarely focused on developers. As much as uh, Tim Cook came into his own, the person who really wowed me was Craig Federighi, who's Apple's VP of, uh, of, of software. He was like a combination between Santa Claus and Oprah up on stage. He was um, 
came out with a with a long list of uh, features in iOS 8 and uh, OS 10 that developers have been clamoring for for a very long time. And many developers walked away from that keynote going, I can't, I don't have anything to complain about anymore when it comes to Apple. They've done everything that I've asked them to do. What took them so long? Well, I just think it's a matter of finding uh, uh, their own voice. You know, it's... Um, it's been a cultural change as Tim Cook, you know, has taken over Apple and has assimilated his management style into doing things and has made changes to Apple senior management structure that have put people like Craig Federighi and, uh, and Johnny Ive in uh, positions of responsibility that they didn't have before. Uh, removing other people like uh, John Brownlee um, on the retail side, replacing him with Angela Ahrens, uh, Scott Forstall, of course. Uh, uh, you know, is gone, famously gone after last year. So I think all these things sort of add up to, uh, you know, Tim Cook uh, putting his own face on Apple. And the, the, the result of that was uh, was apparent to WWDC last week. Everybody was a lot more uh, carefree, uh, was just, you know, a lot more casual, was a lot happier. Uh, it just seemed generally like there was a much more positive uh, sort of vibe going on on stage last week than we'd seen before. And I think that that's going to continue into the second half of the year because, you know, up until now, up until June uh, of 2014, we haven't seen Apple make any significant hardware announcements. There was a minor bump to uh, the MacBook Air a couple of months ago, but we haven't really seen stuff that we're waiting on, like a Retina MacBook Air or an iWatch or a new Apple TV. Um, and every indication from Apple is that that is going to be backloaded onto the last half of the year, that from here until December, we're going to see more product announcements come from Apple. And I think that WWDC laid the groundwork for Apple to uh, surprise and delight us with the stuff that's coming later this year. Now, when you talk about an iWatch, for example, and you look at HealthKit and HomeKit, both initiatives are tailor-made for a a wearable of some sort. I mean, if you're wearing a watch and you tap something and then it unlocks the door on your home, it turns on the microwave where it's warming up your dinner, it sets the lights to where you want it, it turns on your TV set, all the stuff that it conceivably could do, or it sets the thermostat temperature, you know, brings it down a couple of degrees because you're home and it's hot outside. That can be done with an iWatch as it can be done with an iPhone. Health kit especially. In fact, the more I read about HealthKit, how amazing it is. And I'll start this discussion with a conversation I had with Ryan Rosenberg of FileMaker talking about paperless revolution. He was on the show a couple of weeks back. And he's a great guest, by the way. He doesn't just sit there, oh, I'm going to push the stuff from FileMaker and get a copy. We were talking about the paperless revolution in the sense of being able to do things more online, being able to communicate and integrate the data from one place to another, and the health industry. And you would appreciate this, Peter, because you've had health problems. I recently had a health problem. And right now, my brother-in-law, Stephen, is undergoing treatment for cancer. The way of storing data for your health, which is the most important thing, what do you have? You don't have your health, is abysmal. And HealthKit looks to me like a way to revolutionize the industry in a way where they will get, number one, accurate information about everyone. They won't have to ask you the same 50 stupid questions 10 different times at a hospital. 
They'll have it all there. There'll be fewer mistakes. Fewer people will get subpar treatment. It's probably going to lower medical costs. Am I just being pie in the sky here? Well, I'd like to think that that um, that health is going to have a transformative effect, but I, I can't overlook the fact that right now the electronic health record business, the EHR business, is incredibly fragmented and incredibly siloed and incredibly difficult to work with. Uh, there is a lot of very big money, um, uh, big IT money. Uh, in managing health records and managing health information for U.S. consumers alone. And I'm not talking about internationally. I'm just talking about the U.S. We're talking about billions of billions of dollars being spent. And, of course, there are federal regulations involved here. There, there are privacy regulations like HIPAA. Uh, which affect how this information can be transmitted and and uh, what sort of steps both the healthcare provider and the patient have to go through uh, in order to make sure that uh, it's accessed correctly. Um, but Apple has been meeting with the FDA and Apple has been uh, talking to the players in this business and has been partnering uh, with the players in this business to come up with something that's truly revolutionary here. From the consumer standpoint, what you and I are going to see when iOS 8 debuts this fall is a new app that's going to appear on the phone called Health. And Health is basically, um, uh, for lack of a better term, it's a dashboard uh, for your health and your fitness data. So um, it'll tell you how many calories you burned, uh, how much you slept, uh, what your lab results are if you're tracking that sort of thing, um, what your uh, blood glucose might be uh, if you're using some sort of blood glucose monitor that transfers information to the phone. Um, and then if you work with a healthcare provider who um, you provide access to this information, um, it will uh, enable you to share that information uh, with them. So the back end of this is HealthKit, is what you're talking about, Gene, which is the developer tools um, that Apple um, uh, is, is, is creating for iOS 8 that enables health and fitness apps that are developed for the iPhone and the iPad to work together using this new this new framework in this application that we're going to call health. So it's it's exciting stuff. And uh, I, I don't think that it's, you know, going to be Age of Aquarius overnight. I don't think that uh, iOS 8 is going to be released on day one and everybody's going to use health. And all of a sudden, all these problems that we get with healthcare are going to go away. I, I'm not naive enough to assume that. But I do um, see it as an important step forward for using your iPhone and your iPad um, as basic tools um, to help in your own healthcare and get a better understanding of what your current health is and uh, to provide your healthcare provider uh, with uh, the information that they need to make a better understanding of, of your current condition as well. Let me give you an example about how bad things are. I went for a colonoscopy and the center, the outpatient center where they do it, is in the same building as the gastrointestinal specialist that I visited. So the doctors own the outpatient center. It's in two separate segments of the same building, which they also own. And I met one of the owners of this system. He's got like, you know, 100 doctors in Arizona. It's amazing, must be amazingly rich guy. Anyway, so here's what's going on. They keep separate patient records, even though... The patient on one side of the building is being sent for diagnostic procedures or maybe some outpatient surgery on the other side of the building to a company that is owned by the same people, even though it's a separate registered corporation or LLC. 
the records are separate. They literally had to go into the computer, look up the records, and manually transfer the information from the doctor to the outpatient center when I visited them to get my test. This is the same people owning two separate companies in the same building, and they have no direct communication. More to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Henry Ford once said, a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. Alex Castle here, the National Account Executive at GCN. I have the ability to customize a national radio campaign based on your budget while targeting your demographic. Contact me to find out how national radio can help your business be more profitable at 877-996-4327, extension 177. That's 877-996-4327, extension 177. And help me help you bring your business to the next level. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Peter Cohen of iMore. And he can also sell you a brand new Mac if you visit him on the weekends at the store he works at in Cape Cod. Let's go on that. So you see what I mean here. It's not just transferring your information to doctor to hospital. It is one building, two divisions owned by the same people, and they don't have direct communication. Yeah, I mean, my wife used to work in healthcare. I could tell you stories that uh, uh, you, the listener stories, that would make uh, your skin crawl. It, it is an awful morass of... Uh, of of incompatibility and uh, poor workflow design and uh, really uh, user experience that that is designed by somebody who clearly has no fundamental idea of how people work. It's disgusting. 
Apple's health app and health kit software are not going to change those problems. And that's why I temper my enthusiasm about this new technology with an understanding of just what kind of roadblocks and problems Apple is going to have to widespread adoption of this technology. Well, you know, you're dealing with a system there that has been misplaced for decades. And they are barely computerized. A lot of them are still set up in the 1990s when it comes to personal computers. A lot of the stuff you got to do manually. You know, every time you go to a new doctor, what do you do? You fill out the patient information forms. And they don't have systems, most of them, where you fill them out online. You take pen and paper and you fill them out. So that's not something that's going to be overcome overnight. But at least Apple's laying the groundwork. They're doing something or trying to do something. Yes. Um, uh, Apple is is trying to take a proactive step forward, and I'm very excited about that. Now, one thing here which most of us probably aren't going to notice, but certainly developers noticed it, Apple has a new programming language called Swift. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I'm the end user. I'm using a Mac. I'm using an iPhone, an iPad, or whatever. What is this going to do to me, Swift? Swift is for the from the user's perspective. Swift is going to have absolutely no impact. From the developer's uh, standpoint, Swift is a major uh, change. Now, the the uh, the the most important thing for developers to understand is that Swift doesn't need to be used today. That Objective C, which is the language that uh, um, iOS and OS ten applications are developed in, now exists just fine. Hasn't changed. Hasn't. Uh, isn't going away. It's still a first-class citizen as far as Apple is concerned. But Apple has developed this new language called Swift, which will make it easier uh, for developers to create applications uh, for your Apple devices. Okay. So when we talk here about developers, I assume there's going to come a time where Apple will say, it's Swift for everyone. It's not going to be this year or the next year, but a few years hence. That's Apple's way which is start learning how to adapt. Yes. Yeah, I, I am sure that at some point in the future, um, it's going to be that, that way. But Objective-C has been around for a couple of decades now. It actually long predates Apple's involvement in OS X. This was um, you know, a language that was developed when uh, the next operating system was, was, uh, was first created. So uh, Objective-C has been around for a very long time and will probably stay around for a very long time. And, of course, the thing is you can mix and match, as they say. You don't have to convert your entire app to this new programming language. You can put in modules that are the original Objective-C and Swift modules together and compile your app. And for everybody, it's there. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's... Uh, going to yield improved performance in applications as well. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, there's a there's a certain um, impetus for developers to get on board with Swift. But Swift is still a moving target. It's still something that Apple is is working out um, all of the uh, um, the the functionality for. So it's it's something that uh, um, the developers who I talked to at WWDC last week are intensely interested in and are very happy to dabble in. Uh, but when it comes to actually creating usable code for products that they are working on that are intended for general release, they're still squarely uh, sticking with Objective-C. So this is something that technically then is still a beta? Uh, yeah. 
yeah. I mean, uh, iOS 8 and OS 10 and all the technology that we, we saw last week at WWDC is all a beta. So it's going to be probably a while, but I guess there are going to be some developers who will tout this as a feature in the new apps, even if technically it doesn't make that much of a difference to the end user. I think it's a mistake if they do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they will, but I think it's going to be a mistake if they do because it's inside baseball. What, what does somebody care about Swift, uh, you know, who's, who's an end user for your product? Uh, I, I don't see that Swift has – Swift as a marketing bullet point is just silly. That's not going to stop people from doing it, but you know, um, here's the thing: you're not going to see anything like that this summer. Uh, the the soonest that you can start using Swift code um, for release in in applications is this fall, um, uh, when OS iOS eight and OS ten Yosemite are released publicly. Until then, Swift is is strictly for internal use. All right, so we're going to have to see. Where that develops in the long haul, right now, it's just theoretical, and certainly for most people, it doesn't matter. Of the new features in WWDC that we saw of OS X Yosemite, what do you think is the most important? For Yosemite, I think probably the most important um, is uh, um, what, sort of what Apple is calling continuity, um, you know, continuity between iOS 8 and OS 10. So there isn't a single feature that jumps out at me um, in, in OS 10 as more important than any other. One thing I am happy to see, see is a little bit more user experience um, uh, consistency between iOS 8 and OS 10. So Apple has changed the system font. Uh, from Myriad Pro to Helvetica Noia, which is the same um, uh, uh, sans-serif typeface that you see in iOS 7. Um, there are transparency effects that are very reminiscent of the way that iOS works. And uh, when we talk about you know new, uh, new Mac users, many of them um, have experience with iPads or iPhones or even iPod Touches. Um, first, before they buy a Macintosh, they may buy those Apple, those other Apple products, and then when it comes time to replace a PC, they say, "You know what? I'm going to get an Apple this time because I had a good experience with these other devices." So, what ends up happening is you've got people who are informed of uh, the, by their use of other Apple devices who get Macs. It makes sense for Apple to try to make that user experience more consistent without watering down what OS 10 can do, just to make it more consistent. And that is indeed what they've done in. in uh, in in Yosemite, but I think one of the things that's most exciting about it is uh, this ability to hand off, as Apple puts it, uh, content between iOS 8 and OS 10. So if I started email on my iPad, I used this example at the outset, I get a sentence or two into it, and all of a sudden I don't want to type on a glass screen anymore, or I'm getting tired of working with this little screen. I can go to my Macintosh and pick up right where I've left off, thanks to this handoff technology that Apple has developed. Um, I can take a call on my computer uh, from my iPhone. Um, the, the computer will tell me when the iPhone is, is, is ringing, will tell me who's calling me, and will enable me to speak on a speakerphone to them uh, uh, while I'm doing it. That is very exciting to me. You know, I uh, often have to sprint across my house or across the room to grab my phone if it's ringing. Now I won't have to anymore. Now I'm just going to be able to click a button on my Mac and, and have it up and running. That stuff is very, very exciting. 
Uh, there's some other cool features too. We were talking about Spotlight before. Um, you know, Spotlight is better than ever. iCloud Drive is going to be a game changer too. You know, this is Apple's uh, answer to Google Drive and to Dropbox and to other cloud-based file storage systems that we've had to tack on. Uh, to OS 10 in the past. This is something that's going to be very tightly integrated into both OS 10 and iOS um, as well. So there are a lot of, uh, of features overall. I, I don't think I can pick one right now that is, is blowing me away as absolutely the best, though. iOS 8, I'm going to ask you to tell us in the final segment we spend with you what you think are the most important things about iOS 8 in addition maybe to HomeKit and HealthKit. With Peter Cohen, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? 
Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking in the aftermath of last week's Worldwide Developers Conference and a slew of updates for iOS 8 and for OS 10 Yosemite, the fact that it appears that Tim Cook's Apple has come into its own, more relaxed, and certainly more open in many different ways, even the non-disclosure agreement for developers is somewhat less. A million Mac users can beta test OS 10 Yosemite, starting with the developer releases this summer. A lot of stuff going on here. Okay, iOS 8, Peter Cohen, what do you think of the most important features other than what we mentioned? Probably extensibility. Apple's introducing the ability to extend iOS 8 with uh, applications that uh, provide functionality to um, the user experience in iOS that we've never been able to do before. So, for example, with extensibility, you're going to be able to download a new keyboard uh, for your iPhone. And this is something that Android users have been able to do for a while, but iOS users have never been able to do. We've always been stuck with the system keyboard. Unless we use a specific app that's tied to specific features, not something that's that's got system-wide capability. That is very cool technology. And that's only one example of how extensibility will be implemented in iOS 8, uh, but a very important one. So if you've ever seen an application like SwiftKey running on your friend's um, Google Android device, for example, you're going to be able to download SwiftKey for iOS 8 as well. That is probably my number one thing. iCloud Drive, which I mentioned in the last segment as being a key feature of OS 10, well, it's also a key feature of iOS 8. You know, that's going to enable us to have a de facto file system in iOS, which we've never been able to do before. It's cloud-based, but it means that you're going to have folders where you can keep track of your keynote documents or your numbers documents or documents from Sketchbook Pro, let's say, or other stuff that uh, that you need ready access to, and you're going to be open, be able to open it up directly from the phone rather than having to go into the individual apps and you know see if you've got a file that can be opened by that particular app. It's going to be much more seamless and much more graceful. Now, obviously, iOS 7 got hit a lot because the interface, while not just very different, was a little bit unpolished. You think Apple has lived that down? 
Uh, yeah, Apple's, I think, put that to bed. You know, iOS 8 is not going to be a major overhaul like uh, like iOS 7 was. It's, it's just a refinement and a, a dramatic improvement in some ways to the technology that's there. But uh, the interface itself will be an easy adjustment for anybody who's using iOS 7. And certainly it'll be smoothed out. We also notice here that Apple figured a way to deal with people who felt that iOS 7 didn't work so well on their iPhone 4, and that is it's no longer supported. <laughs> yep, the iPhone 4 has been deprecated. It's no longer, or it's not listed on the um, list of compatible devices for iOS 8. And I can understand that. It was an edge case with iOS 7, and iOS 8 is going to put more of a, uh, a push on system resources. So bye-bye iPhone 4. But for the past three releases of OS 10 with Mountain Lion, with Mavericks, and now with Yosemite, they run on the same Macs. They do indeed, and uh, that's not changing with Yosemite. Uh, you know, I just installed uh, Yosemite on a machine that was built in 2008, and it's running just fine. And you won't have to kill us to tell us that because Apple's being, what, a little bit more lenient about letting developers talk about it? Yeah, they don't want developers to actually review stuff, and they don't want them to post screenshots, but they said, you know what, you can talk about it, it's fine. That's changed quite a bit, but that's also a point of logic here because every time Apple has developer releases, the word gets out. Yeah, I think it's uh, closing the, the, the barn doors after the horse gets out to a certain degree. But I also think it's a, it's a, a, a reaffirmment of this friendlier face of Apple that we saw at WWDC last week. Um, you know, some of the, the draconian stuff that Apple's tried to do in the past during the previous administration is not something that Apple uh, seems to be interested in continuing into the future. Well, again, one thing Steve Jobs said to Tim Cook famously is, don't think what would Steve do? when making decisions. That's absolutely right, you know, um, and uh, we're seeing the net result of that. And, you know, for years, people have been saying, well, this isn't something that Steve would do. This isn't something that Steve would do. So I kind of feel like maybe Tim and company have sort of gotten to the point where they're like, you know what? You're absolutely right. This isn't something that Steve would do. <laughs> Good. Making this no apologies. We would do. No, no, do th no apologies. Now, is it the openness of Apple that's very different the fact that they're listening more closely to the request of users and developers, is that also a big factor of Tim Cook's Apple? I think so. You know, and Tim has done more to make investors happy. You know, the, the seven for one stock split. Steve Jobs famously didn't agreed with Warren Buffett, you know, that, that uh, a stock split didn't make any sense because it didn't actually improve the value of Apple stock at all. It, all it did was dilute the, the, the stock price by um, increasing the number of shares. Well, uh, Tim Cook and uh, outgoing CFO uh, Peter Oppenheimer and incoming C uh, CFO Luca Maestri clearly felt differently because they made it happen. And lo and behold, Apple's uh, stock split on Monday, or split last week. And uh, this week, it's, uh, as I understand, it's already up uh, by 25%. Clearly, Wall Street is responding very positively to that. Apple is offering dividends. That's something that they've never done in the past. Or I shouldn't say never done, but hadn't done in a very, very long time. So we're, we're seeing all these sea changes at Apple that indicate that uh, it's not the same old Apple. Even Apple's VP of Corporate Communication, Katie Cotton, retired after almost two decades at the company. She just retired last month. And uh, many people who sort of watch Apple politics, if you will, um, consider that to be a, a significant event as well because uh, it suggests that Apple may put a new face um, on its corporate communications, which you know, for long-suffering members of the media like you and me, Gene, could be a, a big deal. 
So you think here that when we need to get information from Apple and make a request of corporate communications, they'll be a bit more open? Sure would be nice if I get a return phone call every once in a while, yeah. A return phone call? That's been years since I've seen one of those. <laughs> I think the last time I got a return phone call from Apple for anything but just a casual review request is one year, one of their representatives called me in response to a review I did with a publication and trying to go over all the errors I made, and we finally agreed to disagree, and that was it. But I think that was the last time. That goes back at least a decade or more. Since then, I had a few calls going over reviewing certain products, but that was it. There you go. There you go. So will it be a more open Apple? I don't know. Maybe I'll write a few letters to them and see if they respond to it. And when Peter comes on here again in the next few weeks, he'll tell us whether his contacts with Apple have become any more productive or whether it's the same old thing with a smile on their faces. Hmm. There you go. Peter Cohen, please tell us where we can find more of the things that you do. iMore, uh, com, and you can also find me on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And again, on the weekends, he hangs out there in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. iCape Solutions. iCape Solutions? Mm-hmm. iCape Solutions. Okay. Visit him there. Maybe he'll autograph something for you. I don't know. <laughs> A napkin. We'll have him sit there and autograph napkins. Peter- Actually, Gene, I should I should mention that uh, a few weeks ago, a gentleman came in and introduced himself and said that he had heard uh, heard me talking to you on uh, on a uh, a segment that we had done recently. So uh, people have already come in and introduced themselves uh, while I've been working there. We're on in a station in Worcester, which is also heard in Boston. There we go. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. Always a pleasure. Think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. 
Visit the Berkey Guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey Guy. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 Blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Just ahead of the moment when we were going to connect with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, he said, hold on a minute, let me close the windows. And I thought to myself, imagine if those windows were motorized and he simply tapped something on his iPhone. That I like it. You like it, huh? Of course, you know, it's two things here. Apple has HomeKit. So anyway, this is going to be all about the Internet of Things, where with HomeKit... Apple's new capability for iOS 8, third-party companies will be able to embed some kind of connectivity, I guess Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or something, that allows you to control different things. But once again, with a window, it has to have some kind of motorized system. Obviously, it doesn't just close by itself, unless Apple has engaged in magic. Yeah, uh, probably. And I I think that that HomeKit is initially designed more for things that we already consider to be electrical, like appliances, like, uh, you know, for thermostats, uh, i.e. the Nest thermostat, or your fridge, or your toaster, or your microwave, or your uh, lights, things like that. But there's no reason why it couldn't at some point be extended to such things as Windows. But certainly not Microsoft Windows. 
not Microsoft Windows. Correct. <laughs> I didn't didn't even realize what I was saying, Gene. Well, I know sometimes things come out and you think, gee, that's weird. How could I have said anything like that? I didn't mean that. I meant something else, but that's another story. Let's focus, first of all, on some other things that are really getting big noise right now. And that is some years ago, 10 years ago, in fact, they had a tax holiday for corporations. Now, I understand the average, the highest corporate tax rate is in the mid-30s in the U.S. And so some, 35%. Some politicians say, as a result, the U.S. taxes corporations too much. The fact of the matter is, though, that any self-respecting corporation with a good set of accountants can knock that down substantially. So it's GE down to nothing. Or I think News Corporation, Fox News paid nothing. A lot of big corporations were like that. They paid nothing or next to nothing. Apple has moved its money overseas because a lot of business is done overseas. So wait, wait hold on, hold on. I got to interrupt right there because that is a common misunderstanding. Apple doesn't shift its U.S. profits outside the U.S. In fact, Apple's tax rate inside the U.S. is 26%. Uh, Apple is one of the biggest taxpayers in the United States, uh, at least according to Tim Cook. What Apple does that could be considered uh, tax avoidance is using legal methods outside the U.S. to protect foreign revenues from local taxation and then Apple doesn't bring the money in where it would then be uh, subject to taxation in the U.S. So there's a big difference between that and Apple sheltering money or moving money outside the U.S. So basically they're not moving all their profits. No, not at all. But Apple generates a lot of money outside the U.S. And the way the U.S. tax code is set up, and please keep in mind I'm not an attorney or an accountant, uh, or even a politician. The way the U.S. tax code is set up, U.S. companies don't pay taxes on foreign profits until they bring it back. So, you know, there's, there's, I think, a trillion and a half dollars being held overseas by U.S. corporations, and well more than a hundred billion of that is Apple's. And but, but this is all money that was generated outside. Apple simply hasn't brought it in, and therefore Apple doesn't pay taxes on it until and if it does. So the scam here, if it's a scam, is that you could be a corporation where your main headquarters are on the U.S., but if you do multinational business, you use methods to keep that money outside the U.S., so that's not included. Now, here's the – right. Okay. Now, back in 2004, when they did this, I guess the expectation was there would be a windfall in income. Instead, from what you told me to remind me of what happened, these companies simply took the money and gave them back to shareholders. Yeah, the the 2004 tax holiday, I I remember when this happened. Uh, It was billed largely as an opportunity for companies to bring in the money they were holding overseas. Nowhere near as much as is being held overseas today. But uh, companies were allowed to to bring it in, and it was sold as a way for companies to then use that money for reinvestment here in the U.S. Um, so that we would end up getting more jobs, so, you know, so that companies could build infrastructure, so that companies could do more R&D. The reality, though, according to studies after the fact, is that the vast majority of that money was simply dished out to shareholders in the form of dividends and stock buybacks, which – 
is at least getting that money back into circulation, but it wasn't used for the to, to, for the purposes to which uh, under which it was sold to the you know both but to voters I should say. So basically, here it didn't end up with these corporations having more income subject to taxation. They simply gave it away in some way, so the individuals who may have received the benefits would at some point in time possibly have to pay taxes on it or maybe not depending on how it was structured yeah the well so they paid five and a quarter so the the, the sweetheart deal the, the tax holiday was that if they brought money back in to under a certain window uh they would only have to pay five and a quarter percent and that's of course didn't you know a lot lower than 35 percent and a lot of money was brought in and taxes that five and a quarter percent was paid um, but the whole thing ended up being considered, as I understand it, and I'm a bit hazy on this part, Gene, the whole thing ended up being uh, uh, revenue negative for the Treasury, um, the way it all worked out. Again, I'm a bit unsure on those details. So when the law was written, they didn't think of the consequences or how the corporations would work around it. Correct. And, and you know, the reality, too, is that this this has set up this sort of expectation for, you know, companies um, uh, largely just have to, you know, they know that if they sit on the money long enough, they'll eventually be offered a tax holiday when, when and they can bring it in then, which makes the 35% um, uh, taxation level a joke at best and something that really only affects companies that are small enough that they have to bring in the money because they, they, they you know, they can't afford to let it just sit there not doing anything. So companies that mostly do business in the United States, they have other ways to hide income, but they're stuck with a bigger bill traditionally than the multinational corporation. Oh, for sure. Okay. So now there's talk of trying to have another tax holiday. And you would hope, although the way Congress is run these days, you can't imagine they'd be smarter. You hope that they would structure it differently so they don't get screwed again. But there are legitimate reasons to want that money. Yeah, I th- it's interesting. Right now, the U.S. Highway Trust Fund uh, is running out of money. It's supposed to be broke by August. F- this is the, f- the the fund that pays for those little things that uh, I like to call highways. <laughs> and I happen to like highways. And I happen to like highways that are well-designed and well-maintained. Um, the trust fund is going broke. And, of course, this Congress is incapable of raising uh, taxes to to do things like pay for vital infrastructure. And so the needs of the trust fund seem to be a catalyst behind a new tax holiday with the idea that, that, the, that the tax holiday would be structured so that the money paid in by these corporations would go straight to the, uh, the highway trust fund. All right. So we understand here we have a dysfunctional Congress. We have all this stuff where the majority leader is leaving – because he got trounced in his own district. Whatever the politics are, it becomes another mess. Now, obviously, Apple would have no problem in repatriating this money if the tax burden was sensible. They would certainly do it. And imagine all the money Apple holds overseas. And imagine if even $100 billion of that came here. What that would mean in terms of tax revenue. They could fund a small country. We could also use them for funding this show. I'm kidding. Hmm. Of course, that possibility exists mostly in the in-your-dreams category. 
We've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 hi my name is deray suffering from migraines having botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain costing fifteen hundred dollars out of my pocket i discovered dr ortman and gentle touch chiropractic adjustment called nuca i'm migraine free since my first adjustment thanks for giving me my life back dr ortman i wish they prescribed you instead of botox thanks deray putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle, actually absorb, providing nutrients, targeting the problem area. 
Between Nuka and Nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124 or on the web at drortman.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We are not asking Apple to send us any money. I do not hold any stock positions with Apple, although I have a tiny, tiny share. I wish I did something and I had the money back when the stock price was $13 a share before it had the 7 to 1 stock split. Now, imagine if I had maybe $10,000 in Apple, what I'd be worth now. A lot of money. I have a friend who came with me to a Macworld Expo back in 2004, 2005. And he listened to the keynote because I got him in as a journalist And he said, you know, I got to call my stockbroker. And he bought $140,000 in Apple stock. Now, if he hadn't sold it a few months later, this guy would be the richest dentist in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be worth, uh, well, tens of millions. That's right. And if he gave me, you know, 1% of that for the experience. Yeah, it's a a thank you. A thank you for getting him into the keynote to be awakened to the joys of Apple. Okay, so it's a dream plan. (laughs) It really is. And maybe it will lead to some more sensible structures of the corporate tax rate so you don't have the situation where a tiny corporation or one that is domestic pays up to 35% and the big guys pay little or nothing. So maybe that will be the next step. But all right, so we have this, but the chances of anything getting through this Congress are little to none. And you have the situation with the Highway Trust Fund running out of money. You have roads and bridges in sad states of disrepair. We have bridges that are in danger of falling down. Well, the uh, a tax holiday can probably make it through Congress, in part because it represents a tax cut, even if it's temporary. Um, and, and keep in mind, I, I do think it's important to remember that, uh, rightly or wrongly, the U.S. corporate tax rate is – the I think the highest in the developed world uh, is certainly among the highest in the developed world because, you know, countries just like states and and counties here in the U.S., they all like to compete with each other in order to make uh, their area the most attractive area for for a company. And Apple – I'm sorry, the U.S. has not been in that particular race to the bottom, as surprising as, as that 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 may be in in, uh, in hindsight. So the idea of getting a tax holidays for so that all these companies can bring the money back will probably work well with both the liberals and conservatives in Congress because everyone's going to want the excuse to get to get that new tax revenue right from this one time this one time event. And on the you know the liberal side, that money will be spent, and on the conservative side, it represents a tax cut, even if it's temporary. So a tax holiday could probably be passed. It's basically parsing the words. Yes, this is a tax cut. This is tax income. Stop. You're both right. Yes, but but we will cement if it happens. 
we will permanently enshrine the idea that all companies have to do is wait long enough and they'll eventually be able to bring in uh, that money without paying much taxes on it. And I could also see Tim Cook symbolically writing a huge 12-foot-long check for, you know, umpity, 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 some sort of billions of dollars in payments and saying, look what we did. But you see, that's also kind of strange here because Apple is always at the forefront of any complaint. I mean, you have companies who pay no income tax, whatever, as we mentioned earlier, and you have other companies who pay very little. But when it comes to putting people on the carpet, it's Apple. Yeah, it's because Apple is is so rich. Apple is making so much more money than anybody else right now. And it is, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, Apple and the environment. Um, Apple is doing, I think, more than any other large technology company to greenify its operations. Yet Apple is always the target from uh, environmental groups who are looking to use Apple to get as much attention to their cause as possible, even if, in fact, Apple really should be the poster boy they're holding up as opposed to the whipping boy that they're pointing to. And for for the tax thing, Apple just makes so much money that it it does make the company an easy target. Apple was hauled in front of a, a Senate committee a couple of years ago where its tax practices were being, you know, were being questioned. And the reality is this, Apple pays all the taxes it legally owes. And in the U.S., Apple pays an enormous amount of taxes. And the money that they're not paying taxes on is all legal. Apple is not shifting anything offshore. It's money that they're not bringing in. And Tim Cook told the senators at that time when he appeared in front of that committee, we pay everything that we that we legally owe. If you don't like that, change the laws. And I think that that's, that is, in fact, a, a good message. Uh, the, the, the corporate tax code probably does need to be overhauled to, to match the contemporary world. It's a matter of reality, matching reality and, and seeing what corporations really pay and what makes sense, especially since, of course, you have situations here where the big corporations do so much better than the tiny corporations. You wonder how fair that is. We're getting into politics, but you can't help it. Okay, so we have the European Commission, part of the European Union. Again, Apple's the target. Gee, how can they pay just 2% tax rate in the Republic of Ireland? How can they do that? Yeah, overall, Apple pays some 3.7% of uh, a 3.7% tax rate on its international earnings, which is way lower than the 26% that, that it, uh, it pays here in the U.S. And part of the reason why it's so it's, it's so interesting. Apple, you know, says it steps up to the plate and it pays all the money it legally owes in the U.S. Yet Apple is one of the most aggressive companies in using a very complex system of subsidiaries to control where it reports profits outside the U.S. And Ireland is a big part of that. Ireland, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands. Uh, but Ireland's the biggie. Where Irish tax code is set up such that um, that companies like Apple, and Apple is by no means the only company doing this, um, they're allowed to set up subsidiaries that effectively are stateless in terms of taxation. 
and Apple ends up not paying uh, uh, much in taxes on a lot of the money it's generating in Europe because it's all being funneled through a series of of Irish subsidiaries. Again, it's all entirely legal. If politicians outside the U.S. want that to change, then politicians should actually change their 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 local laws. That that's the conundrum here. So when you talk of the luck of the Irish, they're getting all these corporations to be located there and therefore earn tax revenue they might not have otherwise gotten. Well, right. So there there are you know hundreds, maybe thousands of, of relatively high paying jobs in Ireland. Related to both directly um, uh, directly working for these subsidiaries for all these multinationals, but also working for the banks and other infrastructural companies that support those subsidiaries, and that's what Ireland wants. They, you know, they they want this money. It's they're not hurt at all by the fact that Apple is able to make all of its profits in, say, and I'm pulling a company out of the air here, Denmark. Having all the profits that are generated in Denmark actually be generated by this Irish subsidiary it doesn't hurt Ireland at all. And in fact, it helps Ireland because now there's a bunch of people making a lot of money that live in Ireland who are, who are making all this happen. Again, that's a sort of race to the bottom that local governments and, and national governments the world over have always liked to play. And if, and if Ireland were to change its laws or be forced to change its laws, which can't really happen by the European Union – some other company would just step up to the plate. So if the European Commission investigates this... Which they are. Okay. The European Union is getting involved through the European Commission to investigate this. Now, we know in passing, the EU has fined Microsoft, it's fined Google. When it investigates something, you kind of have to watch out. Yeah, the European Union does a much better job of protecting consumers and protecting competition than the U.S., uh, the U.S. has largely had a, uh, a very laissez-faire uh, approach to governmental regulation for a long time. That changed a little bit under the Obama administration, but um, but we're still relatively laissez-faire compared to Europe, where competition and rules protecting com- uh, com- uh, uh, competition are, are are very very highly enforced. What's happening right now is that the European Commission is not investigating Apple. They're investigating the governments and uh, the, t- the the tax laws and tax arrangements that individual countries, in particular Luxembourg, the Netherlands, and Ireland, have with these multinational corporations. And what they want to know is if their uh, tax arrangements are secret, under the table deals that aren't available to and open to any company that comes along. Because if so, it would qualify as uh, illegal state aid. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're talking about politics, about accounting, about money, about taxes. And you think about the famous song that George Harrison wrote for the Beatles, Taxman. Taxman, yep. That's right. That was at a time when the tax rate in the UK back in the 1960s was something like over 90%. 95%. Right. It was just amazing. And so many artists would relocate to other countries as the result because it was just so discouraging. You know, you have this group like the Beatles making millions of dollars and it's being sucked up by the government. One for you, 19 for me. That's right. And it was probably one of the more political statements the Beatles ever made. It was all George Harrison's fault. Oh, well. Yep. All right. So they're going to look at this. They're going to look at the practices of these countries, see if there's any under-the-table stuff or whether it's being done front and center. So what's the potential here? Does that mean that there's a danger at some point that these countries are going to have to step back and do something that the European Union regards as more acceptable? Um, maybe, but probably not. I'm by no means an expert in the European Union. I'm still not an accountant. I'm still not a, a lawyer. And I'm still not even a politician. But I feel lucky. <laughs> the European Union is, in many ways, a lot more like the U.S. before the Civil War. It has very, very strong member states and a, a relatively weak federal system. And there's little that the EU can do unless, in this case, uh, these countries are giving deals to companies that aren't open to every other company. As I understand it, unless that's the case, there's almost nothing that the European Commission can do besides look at Ireland and go, look, you really should change change this. This isn't good for anybody. And Ireland will probably just go, yeah, right. Thanks, mate. That's a terrible Irish accent. But – 
there's not a lot that the EU can do. That's my point. There's just not a lot they can do. So this is a case here where as long as there's no under-the-table shenanigans, this is going to be a lot of form and very little substance. Yeah, and in the U.S., keep in mind that corporations have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. I remember back in the in the '90s, there were all kinds of shareholder lawsuits because companies, you know, shareholders would get tense about risks that didn't pay off, or or, or you know, a wide variety of things. If companies like Apple were to do what I consider to be the right thing, which is to pay their fair share of local taxes because they're making profits in those local jurisdictions, you know, they'd probably be subject to shareholder lawsuits here in the States. And I, I don't really see much of an opportunity for uh, effective and reasonable change in, in, in this situation where we're talking about uh, Ireland. But it sounds good. I guess yeah. there are people out there who are saying, how can Apple be this humongous corporation and pay very little taxes? We got to go after them. So it's political pressure and maybe not much else. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very real issue. Countries, local countries are not able to collect taxation that is being on, on earnings, on profits that are being generated from their citizens and residents, you know. Profits that are being generated by the use of their local infrastructure, profits that are being uh, that are a result of um, uh, you know money earned after years and years of education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're not able to get the money that that quite frankly I think is is morally owed to them uh, by the companies that are making those profits. And you know it, it, it's a serious issue, and I personally don't see any way out of it. Uh, because if I guess if I did, I would be a very, very rich man. Well, you can sell the method. Exactly. You know, sell it and see what happens. Now, before we were talking briefly about HomeKit, which is, mm-hmm. of course, dealing with your home devices and having apps integrate with iOS 8 and be able to do all sorts of nice things like come home and tap something and turn off the alarm, open the door locks, Turn on the microwave to cook your dinner or something. Turn on the lights. Turn on the TV. Turn the thermostat to a little lower temperature so you're comfortable when at home, but to keep the electric bill low, you turn the thermostat up when you leave. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. And that's really good. But one of the more interesting technologies is HealthKit. And it's not just, well, you'll see your pulse in this health app. According to published reports, Apple met with the FDA in the U.S. They're working with a company that builds software for a lot of the major hospitals. They're working with Mayo Clinic. These companies developing things. And part of it is the monitoring of one's health is something where the technology seems to be in the early 20th century. It's a mixture of incompatible systems. Even instrumentation that takes readings it's a mixture of lots of paper a huge paper trail it's a mess i mean you go to a doctor's office for the first time what do you do you spend a half hour filling out these dumb forms and when you go for treatment in a hospital what do they do after you've done that they ask you the same questions over and over again what if you forget something oh i forgot to mention i'm allergic to penicillin is that why you're breaking out in hives right So the question, obviously, is, is there a potential 
in HealthKit to resolve or begin to resolve this and get people, number one, get their records in a responsible, secure way where any medical practitioner you deal with has immediate access. They don't have to do the same test over and over again. They don't have to make as many mistakes because it's all there in black and white and purple or whatever. Yeah, and I think it's even bigger than that. Um, So HealthKit, first of all, is a system-level repository in iOS for all of your health and fitness data. So any application that is using the sensors that are on your iOS device or that are communicating with an external device like a Fitbit or, um, uh, you know, the Nike Fuel Band, et cetera, um, or is interfacing with a future Apple device called the iWatch, or at least that's what we call it here in, uh, out, out in outside of uh, Cupertino, um, it acts as a central repository for all of this data so that it's secure. And then it also has hooks that would allow you to get information to your doctors and to control rich information goes to your doctors. So that is definitely a new thing. And it's the kind of thing that Apple can do better than everybody else. And I'm, and I'm definitely looking at Samsung here because Samsung, in another desperate attempt to look relevant and to look like, you know, to, to try to, I guess, try to convince themselves because no one, I mean, everyone, everyone sees right through it. But the week before Apple announced iOS 8 and HealthKit, Samsung held its own event and they announced something with a really ridiculous name of uh, Voice of Your Body, which is somewhat similar to what Apple is trying to do with HealthKit. But of course, since Samsung doesn't control the hardware and the software, that's going to be a non-starter. My point is that Apple Apple can do this better than everybody else because it controls the hardware and the software, and it controls the ecosystem, and it controls the cloud, and it controls everything. And this is a this this is a potentially disruptive thing. And then when you start throwing in devices like the iWatch, which has become increasingly clear is a health and fitness centered device, uh, we have all sorts of opportunity. And then to get to, to wrap it all up, to, to bring it all together, we had this meeting in December of 2013 with the FDA that you mentioned, and a site called Apple Toolbox used a Freedom of Information Act request to get the to get the the, the substance of this meeting uh, made public. And part of uh, the the big thing that really stuck out for me for me for all of these notes that came out is that Apple said that it saw mobile technology platforms as an opportunity for users to learn more about themselves. And that, to me, is just this huge, massive, like encapsulating statement that differentiates, that really shows the differentiation between Apple and every other company out there. Because every other company out there looks at mobile platforms as a way of learning more about us so that they can exploit it and sell it to advertisers. Gee, that sounds like Google. We have... Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer for a few more segments. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. (music) 
first game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at one 800 686 2237 extension 129. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now we offer benefits and an excellent commission structure experience preferred but we'll train the right person is that you submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com again that's advertise at gcnlive.com come work with the genesis communications network an equal opportunity employer what good is a big berkey water filter we get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we are exploring HealthKit and understand here Apple is supplying the technology for third parties. If anyone profits from it, it's the third party. Except, of course, if you buy the app through the App Store, Apple gets its 30%. But here, it's not necessarily that Apple's going to build new hardware except for the rumored iWatch. So both HealthKit and even the HomeKit lead the way to something like an iWatch. Because instead of grabbing your smartphone from your pocket or purse, if you have an iWatch, you tap it to do all this ledger domain involving entering or leaving your home. Yeah, I, I think that the iWatch at this point, I, th- I, I think that it's pretty clear that it's going to be like the Nike fuel band on massive super steroids. That it's going to do a lot of monitoring and will also probably give you some information. I do expect the iWatch to have some sort of display. But um, uh, the iWatch is going to be all about monitoring yourself, be it your pulse rate, be it your caloric intake, be it how many steps you've taken, be it uh, your sleep patterns. And, and we, we don't know what else it'll, it'll have. It's going to be gathering all this information so that you can use it to make more informed decisions about what you do. And this is going to be a tremendous product because these other so-called smartwatches, all they do is basically communicate with your smartphone or tablet. They don't really add new features. And most of the features there, well, it's just extending your contact list or you'll check your Twitter messages. It's very simple, very simplistic. Apple obviously has a much larger game plan here. Yeah, a much larger game plan. Um, You know, Apple, when Apple enters a new market, it does so in a very oblique way, and it disrupts. And every would-be competitor out there has taken his look to Apple's rumor uh, of an iWatch and approached it from the standpoint of a smart device that is an extension at best or uh, an interface with your other devices. And I don't really think that's what Apple's going to be doing at all. I think that it's very clear that the iWatch is, again, going to be all about this monitoring of yourself. I think it's also very important to realize that one sensible approach to a smartwatch is to make it work as a standalone device. You shouldn't have to have your smartphone sitting there because, well, if you leave your house and you leave your smartphone there, you don't want to be annoyed by anything. You don't want to get online, but you're wearing your iWatch to check the time and things. It's got to be able to work by itself. Whereas Every other smartwatch is just a low-end accessory for your smartphone and and very much, in every case, an inferior accessory. Well, you know, some of the devices are better than others. Pebbles fans love the Pebble. So that's the one that really stands out for me. I think the Pebble has done about as good a job as anybody could do within that paradigm. And I'll look at Samsung and offer them an LOL for the gear, Galaxy gear. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's possible that the iWatch is going to is going to sort of subsume these other features too. these these sort of traditional in the box 
features too, where the device is an extension of your of your iPhone or an extension of your iPad. But the focus is going to be on health monitoring. It's going to be everything that made the Nike Fuel Band uh, interesting. It's going to be everything that, that's made the Fitbit interesting. You know, it, one of the things that, that I've noticed is that all of Apple's top executives are noticeably more fit in the last year. Have you, have you noticed that? Well, we know Tim Cook works out. What about Phil Schiller? He's always been a bit chunky. Does he seem more fit these yes, days? Yes, he's more svelte. Eddie Q, who's always had a little a little gut that he walks around with, he was downright, downright svelte, too, in the photographs that we saw from the Beats deal. And then, of course... Um, the, there were lots of there were lots of different images that came out from the from the, when the Beats deal was announced, and I just it just really stood out for me that all these top executives were looking a lot more fit. I don't have any evidence for this, but my gut feeling is that it's because they've been using iWatch prototypes themselves in their own lives, and uh, you know, and maybe that's either because of the influence of the information they're getting from the iWatch or maybe as a product of simply focusing on this because they needed to test the iWatch, they've all gotten more fit. There's, there's something to this. When, when this device gets, gets uh, introduced, I, I expect to hear something from, from one or two of these guys talking about how it's changed their life. Famously, of course, Steve Jobs died because of pancreatic cancer, and some might suggest, well, he tried to take some of these folk remedies for a while, but if he maybe had checked himself out a few months or a few years earlier, caught the thing earlier, maybe he would have survived longer. That creates a very big incentive for other people at Apple to say, you know what, we should keep tabs on our health. We don't want something like that to happen. Not that pancreatic cancer is necessarily a lock on being cured because in many cases, in most cases, it's not. You find ways to extend your life and that's it. And I say that because my brother-in-law, Stephen, is suffering from pancreatic cancer. In his favor, they caught it earlier. It hadn't spread. So, you know, we're keeping our fingers crossed. But we see here that Apple's co-founder and leader died because of a health problem. Doesn't that make the other executives and anyone who works for Apple want to find a way to keep healthy longer. It may. I wouldn't want. I, I, I don't know that I'd be really comfortable speculating along those lines. But it certainly would be a natural human reaction to uh, to be focused on this, uh, watching the downturn that Steve Jobs went through in the last years of his life. Let's continue with what's going on here, because obviously we're seeing lots and lots of possibilities. Another one which is kind of interesting, and this is one probably that we didn't bring up before for you to talk about, but the pricing of Macs that has tended to begin to trend downward, like last year, they introduced new MacBook Pros with Retina displays cheaper than the original models. A few weeks back, they introduced new versions of MacBook Air, very minor updates. They took advantage of slightly faster processors, but they were famously $100 cheaper. There's now a rumor that a new lineup of IMAX is coming out. It will also be cheaper. So is this an effort by Apple to keep the PC alive longer, take advantage of reduced costs of spare parts? What? 
Well, that is a good question. Uh, Apple ha- uh, Apple owns most of the high end of the PC market at this point. Like I'm, something like ninety percent of the high end market, or ninety percent of PCs or laptops that are over a thousand bucks, something along those lines. Um, and Apple has done this in part by, of course, only releasing high quality products and and perpetually trying to keep its products at the high end while the rest of the market has been engaged in a decades-long race to the bottom. Um, It is possible that Apple is lowering prices simply because PC sales as a whole continue to shrink. But there may be other reasons, and we'll get into those in a moment. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Americans have always been ready to defend, to serve, and to honor those who defended and are defending all of us. So this month, the Freeze-Dry Guy honors and serves Americans with our meat, rice, and potato sale. Our unit includes four number 10 cans of quality Mountain House cooked diced beef, ground beef, diced chicken, white rice, and two cans of FDG dehydrated diced potatoes. 158 servings per case unit. And during the Freeze-Dry Guy's meat, rice, and potato sale, get one case for only $179. Two cases for only $3. 
$355 or get three cases for only $515 and all come with lots of valuable freebies. For details, click freezedryguy.com and hurry. Sale ends soon. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD. Plus, free shipping to the lower 48 states from the freeze-dry guy. The finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins us. Go to MacObserver.com to find out more. You don't need the the in that URL. So we're talking about reasons why prices for new Macs have had a downward trend. One, of course, as you say, the PC industry is going downhill. It's shrinking, declining. And this is a way for Apple to keep things alive. And it's really important. You have to look at the MacBook Air. When you go to $899 from $999 for the entry model, that's in the upper end of the sweet spot for notebook prices. Famously, Microsoft introduces the Surface 3, which thinks it's a tablet. No, it's a notebook. No, I don't know what it is. But when you buy the accessory keyboard, in every configuration, it costs more than a MacBook Air, and in the higher-end configurations, more than most models of the MacBook with Retina display. Yep. So therefore, isn't that interesting how that's moved around? Uh, for you know, for sure, it's it's a dynamic market, and I think that the the entire rest of the industry they really should be kicking themselves for not understanding the importance of uh, Apple's model a long, long time ago, and it just seems like they're incapable of of understanding that today. Well, when you look at all these companies, they haven't a clue. Take for example HP. HP, the founder of Silicon Valley, pretty much. They have no direction. All they know, or all Meg Whitman, the CEO, knows is to fire people. Well, we're going to have less people working for us, and that's going to be it. Any fancy new printers with new technology? Mm. What about the servers? They sell a lot of high-end servers, HP. Any new technology? Well, whatever chips Intel makes. What about their regular PCs? Anything new there? Anything new with anything from HP? Something spanking new. No, we'll fire some people. 
will take advantage of reducing the workforce and therefore we will make more money. Dell, at least, I guess they're trying to focus more on software and services and less on the PC. I'm not sure if they know what they're doing either. In the 90s, the early 90s, maybe even the late 80s, the PC world became very focused on um, bigger, better, faster, and cheaper. And it was, it was an interesting formula, and no company was better at it than Dell. Dell was able to do bigger, better, faster, and cheaper, better than everybody else. In fact, Dell led the, P, the entire PC industry into a situation where the only companies that were making any money in PCs were Apple, Dell, Microsoft, and Intel. And the only companies doing any R&D were Apple, Dell, Microsoft, and Intel. But all of Dell's R&D was being spent on how to, uh, this is my the way I've been putting it for a long time, is how to make a, a computer with one less screw. All of their R&D was in, was in manufacturing techniques. And what happened when Steve Jobs came back to Apple is that he changed the rules by which Apple competed. Apple was no longer going to compete on price. And Apple began competing on experience and style, uh, and uh, in particular, the experience. And by doing so, Apple was able to charge enough money for its computers that it, that it had money left over to do R&D on new technologies. The PC industry didn't. The PC industry didn't follow suit. And even what happened to Dell is that, that uh, because nobody could beat Dell's manufacturing in the United States, everybody moved manufacturing over to China, where they could use dirt-cheap labor to supplant uh, and, and obviate Dell's uh, remarkable uh, advances in, uh, in manufacturing technologies. And that erased Dell's uh, advantage there, and Dell eventually was, uh, you know, in a neck and neck race with uh, HP, and it's just, it's just this race to the bottom. I hate races to the bottom. I hate races to the bottom because it always leads to less quality. Because you're not focusing on quality, you're focusing on building as many units as possible. Of course, that's happening in the smartphone industry. If you look, for example, at Samsung, Samsung, yes, has high-end smartphones like the Galaxy S5 and maybe 97 other iterations of that product. But most of the profits, of course, come from the high-end models, but most of the sales come from cheap junk. Yeah. Yeah. Samsung is largely king of a profitless, uh, of a profitless segment. Uh, all of their, all, almost all of their smartphone profits are coming from the high-end, and those are dwarfed by Apple's uh, profits because Apple owns the high-end. And you look, for example, even LTE phones, the high-end network around the world. Right now, the most popular LTE phone in anywhere in the world is pretty much the iPhone. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. There is such a difference between market share and a share of profits. And this is something that a lot of folks can't, can't wrap their heads around because we've had decades of training by Microsoft and, and Intel, the Wintel hegemony, uh, to to think of market share as the end all be all, and you know Apple just hasn't been playing by that rule since Steve Jobs came back and continues to not play under those rules um, in the wake of Steve Jobs passing. 
And it comes down to this. Even though Apple may lower prices, even though Apple may still be at the higher end of the price spectrum, in some markets they're still doing better than the competition. Where they've staked out a position, they're doing better. Even after the iPod became a fading product line, they're still number one with a bullet. They're way ahead of the competition. If you look at the $100 Apple TV, it's ahead of Roku, which is, I guess, number two. Yep. I was hoping you'd expand on that. I, 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 uh, the, the Apple TV has been uh, a hobby for Apple for years and years and years, but that hobby has just grown and grown and grown in numbers. Um, I think Apple had a billion dollars in the, its most recent fiscal um, year in, in, uh, in Apple TV revenues. Um, it, it's uh, it, and there's there, there's there, there are things that devices like Roku do much better than Apple TV and in, in, in particular be a conduit for um, all of the other third party services. Well, I know they have better integration with those services. So you want to check out movies, new movies. You don't have to go to 12 different services to do it. They give you a list of movies. You can pick the movie you want and then go to one of their content providers. I thought the Netflix interface on Roku is better. And the example and the experience I had was watching House of Cards. Mm. And it was far easier to go from one episode to the other directly than through Apple TV, which involved... Click and click and click, etc., etc. I had to keep going back to get to the next episode. So, for example, I might switch the TV to watch something, and then my wife says, let's catch the next episode of House of Cards. We've got like two left to watch for this season. You go back, you go through four steps or five steps, whereas with the Roku, it's almost direct. You know, I haven't played much with the Roku myself. Uh, oh, dirty secret, I don't have a current Apple TV, in fact, but um, it, 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 it's, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to add, Gene. Well, we have to see also where Apple's going to take that technology, because the big problem with even a Roku right now is they offer you up to 1,000 and more channels. Now, here's the problem with that. Say you have your standard DVR, and it's Dish Network or Cox Cable or Comcast or DirecTV. And you have the DVR, and it's one interface accessing all your channels. But if you have an Apple TV, a Roku, an Amazon streaming box, what do you do with all those separate services and separate apps? More to talk about with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a 
Hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of Alex Jones because he has the courage to speak his mind more than just about anyone I know. Alex is just as bothered as I am about all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I'd prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent prevent disease, not compound it. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond OsteoFX. I recommend you go online to InfoWarsTeam.com to purchase these products and make them part of your daily regimen to get healthy and live longer. InfoWarsTeam.com You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins us. 
So, Brian, you get the picture. To go through all the content on the Apple TV and especially the Roku, you've got to go through dozens or hundreds of apps, each of which has its own interface, its own setup process to find content. You could drive yourself nuts. The integration is better on a Roku than an Apple TV, but very, very imperfect. If Apple wants to solve that problem, they've got to make it seamless. You shouldn't have to worry if I went to Netflix or I went to Hulu Plus or something, I want to watch that show or that movie. It's true. And, of course, the the rumor is that Apple supposedly has cracked that code. That's what Steve Jobs told uh, Walter Isaacson uh, in an interview. Um, Unless he said that just to spook the industry. Steve Jobs was known to just say something. He was. I don't think... Usually, though, when Steve Jobs was trying to misdirect the industry, his usual modus operandi was to dismiss a technology, to dismiss uh, even a a case usage. Most of the time when he said that that Apple was was doing it or doing it right or figured out the problems or all that sort of stuff, that was usually pretty straight up. And considering the very frank nature of his interviews with Walter Isaacson. Uh, I've always put a lot of stock in that particular statement. And and I remember, too, that uh, he told, I think it was a a TV show, this is Walter Isaacson I'm talking about, he told a TV show in in Brazil that he held back a lot of details on the Apple TV because he didn't want to ruin Apple's plans. In other words, Steve Jobs showed him a lot more than what Walter Isaacson printed. So I, I think that Apple does have something in the works. And it, it's really it's going to come down to whether or not Apple can get the content agreements that it needs to make it all happen. So is having Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre aboard help with making agreements with content providers? Maybe. Um, I saw a report saying that uh, Jimmy Iovine wasn't particularly interested in being involved with TV. And I don't think that Dr. Dre has got any real connections in the TV world. You know, all of their contacts uh, and relationships are, are going to be in, in the world of, of uh, music. And that is also a very important area for Apple that, that, that has a lot of value in and of itself. So I, I think that we can expect them to be focused on Apple's music related business, which is really big. It's not, just iTunes. It's it's iTunes and it's it's iTunes on iPhone and it's the music that's being sold through iTunes and it's uh, now Beats headphones and it's music streaming, which Apple is going to be in one way or another eventually. You know, it's there, there's a lot that's going on with uh, Apple and music and, there, and there's also the, the Logic Pro side for Macs and, and in music production. Apple is a very very big uh, player in that industry. So I think there's plenty for Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre to do to stay focused on music. So Eddie Q and his crew take most of the attention directed towards the movie and TV industry. Yeah, I think we're going to see Eddie Q and Jimmy Iovine as like the dynamic duo. I think that they're going to be side by side and making a lot of deals. And But but I would imagine that uh, the Eddie Q will, will be more focused outside of music and allowing Jimmy Iovine to be focused on the music. So it's basically working hand in hand. And one hopes that they developed a relationship over the years because 
Jimmy Iovine has been close to Apple. And these people have known each other for years, and now they're working together. They have a game plan. I mean, somebody famously said that once the check was cashed, someone like Iovine would leave. But Apple wouldn't buy the company unless there was a long-term commitment for these executives and maybe other people of that company to stay Absolutely. I think that that purchase was all about relationships. Because the Beats purchase. Sure. They have to have a contract there so that we know that Jimmy Iovine, who is no young man, is in his early 60s. So we figure he's going to spend, what, the next 10, 20 years, whatever his working life will be, working for Apple. There's a long range plan. Dr. Dre being much younger. All right. But still. He's not that much younger. He's like 10 years younger. All right. He's in his 50s. Yeah. That's. Young. You young whippersnappers, you don't appreciate this, do you? I'm going to snap my whip and you're going to see it. So we're just about to the end of this episode. A lot of fascinating stuff here about Apple and the tax man, U.S. and foreign, talking about the cheaper Macs, about Apple and TV and everything else. Dr. Dre is 49. Sorry, Dr. Dre. He's a tough guy. I don't want him to go after you. You live in the Silicon Valley, maybe. I know. Sure. He's going to send members of his hood over there. Might, this might be the day he's got to use his AK after all. Hey, that's right. Does he have an AK? Well, he's got the song. It was a good day. Didn't have to use my AK. It's, it's a famous lyric. You listen to that stuff, okay? Uh, I have. You see, you could recall Dr. Dre. I recall George Harrison. Where does that leave me? I quote <laughs> George Harrison. You quote Dr. Dre. What about it? Okay. Now then, do you think there are any key features of iOS 8 or OS 10 Yosemite that we don't know about? Because some developer supposedly discovered hidden code for side-by-side multitasking in iOS 8 betas. Yeah, well, when Apple shows off uh, a new version of iOS or OS 10 at WWDC, uh, inevitably, there are things left to be shown when the operating systems ship in the fall. Uh, that's been the case for very many years, and I expect it to be the case now. Um, I, I have no doubt there are all kinds of features that we haven't seen. In, in particular, going back to HealthKit, the HealthKit part of the pres- of Apple's presentation at, at uh, the WWDC event in June was like three minutes long. It's one of the most important things Apple has announced in years, and they dedicated roughly three minutes to it because they want to make a big rollout this fall. I think part of it is also that Apple had so much stuff to do that two hours wasn't enough. And like a four-hour keynote, be boring. All the pundits would say, well, Apple bored people with software. Where are the new Macs? Where's the new iPhone? So Apple still has to put on a show. And obviously, a lot of the information is presented to developers at the various conferences and seminars that they have. And a lot of things are discovered over time. And also certain features, I would imagine, were not ready to show. Because it's very important here, if you're going to go through a lot of features, everything has to work smoothly, efficiently. And very rarely does Apple have a demonstration where something doesn't work right. So it's possible if the multitasking feature exists for at least the larger iPads, it wasn't quite ready to show fluidly yet, and they expect that will be fixed. And if that happens, we'll see it in iOS 8 or maybe 8.1. You see my point? I do, and I think that something like 
any kind of side-by-side multitasking if it's coming would be much more appropriate to show with new hardware, especially if it's new hardware that's designed to take advantage of it. I, for one, have never lamented the lack of side-by-side multitasking on my iPad. But if I had a 12-inch iPad or a 14-inch iPad, I might feel differently about it. I think if you're using Office for iPad, something like that, you would appreciate it because apps like that kind of work best when you have this kind of multitasking. But we'll see what happens. We'll have more to talk about as developments progress. Okay, Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I am at MacObserver.com, where I write daily and speak in podcasts uh, about Apple. You can also find me on GeekTells.com, where I have my personal blog. I'm on Twitter at TMO Brian. Oh, so many places, so little time. You can find us on Twitter at Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl at Twitter. And we have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we've got a fascinating character on that show this week. And it's a guy who wrote a book called It Came from Ohio named James Renner, who, by the way, in his spare time, writes about serial killers. Don't ask me to explain that. At (laughs) Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com. No, the serial killers are not after us, Brian. But Brian Chaffin, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.